All right, everybody, we are back to the second part of this interview. And this is the session that keeps our audience, uh, the, our audience's earphones glued to their ears. They want to know the the true grit that the journey is uh, as, as, uh, as entailed, especially for those who are currently confronting obstacles on their own journeys to discovering the purpose that they have, the purpose that God has given to them. And we appreciate your willingness to share this with us. So uh, even before I start the questions, is there a specific way that you over time have learned to share this part of your story that you feel like has been quite instrumental to inspiring people? I mean, I think it's, it's a really, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because most of the time when I get interviewed, it's mostly about what I'm doing now at mm -hmm. Jericho or what we see mm -hmm. uh, issues that we deal with. And so it's it's not often that someone asks, well, what was the tough part about getting to this point? Mm. And as I think about, you know, we already talked some in the first part about the challenges of getting through medical school, getting to the point of starting Jericho, but taking it from that, that, that point, uh, there were some financial challenges that were really tough. Uh, and there were some personal things that we went through that I think the first 10 years really tested us, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, an example from a financial standpoint was we, our mission was we're going to take care of whoever comes through the doors. Mm -hmm. We didn't set any parameters, whether they have Medicaid or have private insurance or they're uninsured. We're going to, you're going to be our patient. And that was, that, that came at a, at a personal cost. Uh, remember the first Medicaid check I got was for 50 cents. Mm -hmm. And so what year was that? That was in 1997. Wow. We were supposed to get $11 a visit for seeing people with Medicaid, which was not very much. But the first check, for whatever reason, was 50 cents. And for many years, I kept that on my, in my office in front of me to sort of remind me of those early days. Mm. A couple years in, our practice consultant came to Joyce and I and sat us down and said, you know, Myron... I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I respect it, but this isn't working. Mm. When I look at the numbers, I'm thinking you guys should sell. Let me go to U University of Buffalo, see if there's any chance they would consider buying your practice from you. Mm. And it, for us, it wasn't a hard decision. We were like, no, Mike, we're, we're in this. We are committed to this. We, we believe it's going to get better, but we're mm. willing to do what it takes to make it get better. Mm. First couple of years, Joyce and I didn't, pay ourselves out of the practice. So I actually worked three additional jobs, moonlighting at Kenmore Mercy, uh, working for a private practice doctor in Lewiston. Are you serious? And also working for the University of Buffalo. And every day I showed up at practice at Jericho Road. Wow. And you so, know So you had a practice, but you had to do three other different jobs to make enough money to support to make our enough family. money to support yeah. your family and yeah. still show up yeah. for that practice. Yeah. Huh. And then, you know, a couple years later, our, our consultant came to us again and said, well, you guys are starting to, it's starting to do better. It's starting to go a little bit better, but I think you should limit the number of new patients that you take that have Medicaid mm. because private insurance pays better. Why don't, why don't we, you still do your mission, but let's, let's get more people who could pay into this practice. They, a lot of people on the West side in Buffalo need a doctor. And we were again like, Mike, we can't do that. Like our mission mm -hmm. is, is, is set. And we actually went back to him 
a couple weeks later, we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we do have to limit our new patients because at that time we were, we were struggling to recruit other doctors to join us. So we can't take care of everyone, but here's what we're going to do. Our new patients are either going to be refugees, mm. uninsured people, or pregnant moms. Mm. And I think Mike had to swallow pretty hard because that went in the face of every, you know, available sort of economic uh, advice. <laughs> um, but we look, we look back on that day and say, you know, that, that was one of the, that, our practice and the finances of Jericho improved after we made that decision. Uh. It's it sort of like this ironic way that God used, mm. um, you know, that situation and our faithfulness to just stay true to the mission. And then ultimately things started to get better for us. You know what? And I'm glad you're a Christian, sir, because, you know, what you just said just reminds me of where the Bible says, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound mm. the wise. Mm -hmm. Of course, that, that is self-explanatory. Why did you select those? <laughs> those are the people that, you know, definitely have no money to pay right. for health care. But what inspired that unconventional selection? Well, I think it was really because we already, you know, we went into this because we've thought that if Jesus was a doctor, he would go after the people who needed the doctoring the most. And mm. so we were just trying to stay true to the mission. Regardless I, of, yeah. of what was around you. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times people will say, Dr. Glick, did you think that Jericho would grow to this point? You know, we started as a, you know, me, Joyce helped out a little bit, a part-time front office person and a part-time nurse. Mm. And today we have an organization that spans Buffalo in the world and employs 600 people. Did you think it was going to be like that? And I say, no, I didn't have a master plan for this at all. Mm. I didn't see this happening. I didn't see refugees coming to Buffalo or us being involved on the East side or us being involved in three other countries. But what I've always been very clear about is what our mission is. Mm. And so I, I think it really has taught me. And I think my encouragement to the audience, to you is stay true to what you believe you're supposed to do mm. and the rest will follow mm. as compared to dreaming you know like the strategic plan to be this this and this and you sometimes might then sacrifice the mission to get there mm. i think for us it was very important for us to stay true in that in answer to your question refugees needed our care the uninsured needed our care and pregnant moms needed our care and so we wanted to be true to that and i think god was faithful to that to that call. So in answer to your question, definitely financial challenges for the first 10, 15 years. It's a, there is some sacrifice that goes into doing this work from a financial standpoint. I think the other thing that was a number of other things that were challenging. Uh, one is, I think I underestimated um, I, I underestimated how proud I was at the beginning, mm. I think. Um, I remember, so I went to a really good residency program and I came out of that, out of that experience thinking, I'm good, I, I know how to deliver babies, I can do the full spectrum of family medicine. And you come back to Buffalo, it's a pretty conservative you know, medical environment. They're not as keen on family docs doing everything. Mm. But I was like, 
I can do it. And so I got privileges at Children's Hospital. I'm delivering babies. I thought I, I didn't, I don't think I really recognized how I need other people to, to support that work. Two years in, I, I, I remember this. I'll never forget this situation. I had a, a young woman. She got pregnant. And she wanted us to take care of her for her pregnancy. And at the time, I was a solo doc. So it was, it was me. Everything went well with her prenatal care. We got to the hospital. She progressed through labor fine. But as you know, sometimes when the head's coming out, the shoulders get stuck. Mm -hmm. It took us five minutes to get the baby out. When the baby got out, the APGARs at zero and five minutes were zero. Baby wasn't breathing. Heart rate wasn't doing anything. They had to intubate the child, Mm. the baby. And um, I was devastated. Mm. I had thought too highly of my own capabilities, I think, and Mm. didn't realize that, hey, I really need a team. Mm. And I learned a lot in that lesson. I mean, I still deliver babies. I've delivered thousands of babies. But that moment made me realize, number one, I need the OB doc sometimes. Mm. They're going to save me sometimes. And two, I need to trust God in every moment. I don't want to trust myself too much. I now, every time I go to the hospital, most of the time seems like in the middle of the night to deliver a baby. I always like say, listen, God, this, I, I'm trusting you to get through this, this delivery, right? And everything be safe. So I think, I think I've learned the other thing that happened to Joyce and I early in the time. So we haven't, we haven't talked about this, but we came back when we were in medical school, we got involved with a Mennonite church on the West side of Buffalo. Yes. Small church. That group of that, that small church is what got us to come back to Buffalo. That was sort of the call. So we got back to Buffalo. We bought a house right next door to Jericho mm-hmm. with the pastor of that church. Okay. And for the first year and a half, everything was awesome. Like we're, we, that building was originally bought by the church. They lent, they provide us with space in the front. We got a bank loan to build out the space, turn it into a medical practice. It was going to be this great partnership between Jericho Road and a local church. church. Well, a year and a half in, due to a number of circumstances, some of which were my own doing, that church split apart. The pastor was forced out. We left the church. And we were devastated. there was some challenging stuff that were happening to Joyce and I in our marriage, mm-hmm. the church that we had been a part of that we came back to Buffalo for was, had failed. Mm-hmm. We were alone and we had just invested, you know, in buying a house. We had just we invested in starting Jericho. Mm-hmm. We wanted to run. Everything about us was like, let's mm-hmm. get out of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we were kind of stuck. And that that experience in that moment of feeling alone, mm-hmm. feeling betrayed, mm-hmm. feeling like I had made some, and I had made some big mistakes, feeling God's grace mm-hmm. and mercy, that that experience changed me for the until today. Mm-hmm. I I remember those days like it was yesterday, even though it was twenty five years ago. I remember what it felt like to be shown grace and mercy. Mm. 
I remember the pain of betrayal. I remember the pain of a dream sort of almost slipping off your hands. Slipping out of the, out of your hands. And I remember God being faithful in that moment. Mm. And I think, you know, all the success and all the accolades and all the the awards that have come after, I'm prepared for it. I understand that I'm here today because God was faithful, because God showed mercy. It's changed how I practice medicine. I mean, it's changed how I show grace to patients. It's changed how I, how I think how we've built a very diverse Jericho Road with mm. people like me who struggled in their lives, mm. who didn't weren't perfect, who mm. made mistakes. But at Jericho, you find grace. At Jericho, you you find redemption. Mm. And um, and so I think the combination of whether it was some clinical things like that, delivering that baby that got stuck. Or the the challenges with church and personal challenges with choice and I's marriage, the mistakes that I made, that that created in me this sense of humility, mm. which has sir an appreciation for for God's faithfulness that has really traveled with me the last twenty five years. It's 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 why Jer I believe it's why Jericho is is where it's at today. Mm. Hello everyone and welcome back to Success Clinic, where our mandate is to empower you as you journey to the pinnacle of your God-given potentials. As a reminder, we have a ton of resources strategically planned and designed to facilitate your success. These resources include podcast episodes where we have exclusive interviews with the heroes of your communities who have successfully navigated the journey to greatness that you and I are aspiring for. We also have inspirational nuggets, activities, and exercises that we release almost daily, primarily on our social media platforms to consistently remind you and remain that voice of positive reinforcement and support that you need to stay focused on your, on your positive journey to success, especially when things are not going as planned. At Success Clinic, we also provide information about mentorship and scholarship opportunities for both local and international students and aspiring professionals. Furthermore, we provide free professional attires in our Pond to Shine uh, room that is sponsored by our suit drive and a whole lot more. For more details about all of this, please visit our website today at www.success-clinic.com. Now, our social media platforms including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Come hang out with us and join this unstoppable movement of ordinary people discovering and transforming into the extraordinary version of ourselves as we journey hand in hand together to the pinnacle of our God given potentials. I remain yours, the Dope Doctor. Because the problem with success, you know, is that if you become successful and you primarily focus on I'm successful because I did this, this, and this, you you forget the people who you, who, who, who are there for you, mm. people whose shoulders you stood on to become who you are, mm. you forget God's faithfulness, then it becomes about you. Mm. And um, ultimately... It's not about us. It's not 
all about us. It's it. Yeah, we have to do our part, but it is about the people who've helped us. It's about God's faithfulness and it's about hum, being accepting that. Yeah. I think it, I mean, I get a lot of stuff now come my way. A lot of every success that Jericho has, even though there's 600 people there, they deflect it to me, right? Mm. I wouldn't be able to handle that if it wasn't for the lessons I learned 25 years ago. That's true. That's true. So. Thank you so much for sharing this, Dr. Glee. I, I'm learning a lot from everything you said. Success is like a, it's, it's, it's like a radioactive metal, a decay. And you have to know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. It's necessary to understand how to, how to transform one success into multiple successes. And sometimes God throws some success in our hands to see how we manage mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but it, it seems like the, the, the bottom line of your story is sometimes you have to experience redemption to be able to give redemption i think so and i i in a way i feel bad for you because you're so young <laughs> and life has been although you've had you've had to overcome a lot life is going well for you i think about this for my own children but there will come moments along your journey where you will feel the sting of failure mm. and you'll feel whether it's self-inflicted failure or failure from the system, some justified, some not. And it will be about, in those moments, um, getting up and going to work the next day and being willing to, to be humble and learn the lessons that you got to learn and then trust God to, 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 to keep going. I remember back, you know, that first, so it was within the first, two years everything joyce and i wanted to do was to run away from buffalo mm. run away from jericho but instead every day we got up we walked across the block to the clinic and saw and patients and just kept doing it and so um when that adversity hits you because mm. it assuredly will mm. it's it's going to be not about just giving up on that vision that mission that thing that you thought you were supposed to do, but, but just trusting yeah, God to get in. Yeah. Get, keep going. It's going to get better. If success primarily makes you feel uh, good about yourself, you're missing the point and you're setting yourself up for, for a fall. Success is about those people that have been there for you. It's about God's faithfulness. It's about just staying true to your mission. And on the good days, you show up for work. And on the bad days, you show up for work. That's what I've learned. Thank you for sharing that. You know, uh, one of the things I've, remember, I've, I've always tried to, like you mentioned, someday it's going to be good, someday it's going to be bad. To ensure that I stay on track is one of the reasons why I keep wise people like you. And I say this mm -hmm. with all humility. Uh, I keep mentors. Mm -hmm. like you around me that's why you you would rarely hear me talk about my career and profession for five minutes without talking about one mentor they say experience is the best teacher i don't have the experience yet 
but I just sit at the feet of people mm -hmm. who have gotten that experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God has been faithful. Or like these cars that have lane sensors. And when you're trying, when you're gearing and begin to Starts walk on the beeping. line, it kind of vibrates yeah. this. God has been faithful mm -hmm. to have, to keep those checks in my life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's through a dream. Sometimes it's by giving you a hiccup on your path. And then, you know, you restitute back and go back to God's, God's foot. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned about family. This is something I, I, I'm admitting for the first time on camera when I was writing my step one examination. I was almost going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. There were moments that I would lock myself in the room. I bought curtains that were blocking sun rays mm. so that I would block out all sun rays in that room. And I would just cover myself under the, the, the duvet and just bury myself in there. And I was preparing for the step one examination at that time. Mm. I'm thankful today yeah. that I'm still married. Mm -hmm. But those are the moments that like you mentioned, yeah, you know, no question. Those are the moments where you um, get face to face with what's the most important thing, and you have to make a choice. And yeah. thankfully, you made a choice to stick, you know, with your family, mm. and you have to get up the next day and go to work and go study and for keep, that exam. Keep going, right? <laughs> I mean, I wanted so, to be a neurosurgeon. I needed that yeah. number, mm -hmm. and it was, and it's you a know, lot of pressure. A lot of pressure, and. Now, what you just shared, I think, is something that if I knew at that time, mm. it would have even empowered me mm. more than mm. I I was able to find. And that's one of the reasons why we mm. have this platform where mm -hmm. I felt over years that it's important for people to find this kind of advice mm -hmm. that is rarely available. To mm. know that during those times where you're about to give up and mm. the world seemed like I've collapsed on you. Mm -hmm. Just remember, some people have gone through it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully right. you can get strength from their right. playbook. Yep, I agree with that. So you mentioned about financial, you mentioned about personal growth, uh, challenges, the stumbling blocks, mistakes made, lessons from the mistakes. This is the next question that we had from, 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 from our guest. What was your saddest day or period or moment of this journey? Yeah, I think it probably was at the beginning. I, I didn't see it coming, but to have uh, to have gone all in on the West side of doing this this sort of radical way of medical practice, mm. and then to suddenly have the church fall apart, my marriage almost fall apart, uh, and to wake up realizing, whoa, you're you could lose everything in this moment. I I think that. That was definitely the the toughest moment in this journey so mm -hmm. far, mm -hmm. and you know I I am thankful that uh, that God was merciful and and I'm thankful that we somehow were able to just keep at it, and I yeah. think out of that experience it's it's given me such a different perspective on on any successes we've had after that. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. 
talking about marriage again, I, I, I think there's, there's something about marriages and profession. Sometimes two good people are not necessarily meant to be mm-hmm. together. Um, but, but it seems like, especially in the world of professionalism, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the devil is really aggressive with mm-hmm. families. Uh, I just wanted to put out, put that out there mm-hmm. for possibly some of our listeners mm-hmm. who are pursuing their, their, their dreams, but, mm-hmm. um, but their marriage is being thrown under the bus. Uh, it's not impossible. Um, hopefully you're listening to us. Hopefully you're hearing from um, Dr. Bleak uh, and many others of our of our guests who have a journey at threatened their marriages. Um, and you're at that moment feeling the impossibility of going on. Um, there are several avenues. I personally, I had to register for counseling. Mm. Um, at that moment, because mm-hmm. I could not let go of my career, mm-hmm. I could not let go of my family at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I spoke with several people, and everything. Oh, I remember myself saying over and over, "My kids, my kids, mm-hmm. my kids." Mm-hmm. I have two boys, and I did not. I didn't feel comfortable setting that that record for them mm-hmm. at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so that was what led me to finding other alternatives. Now, if counseling did not work for me at that time, I possibly would have gotten a divorce so mm-hmm. I could move on. Mm-hmm. And that's me saying that divorce is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the best that will happen to you. Mm-hmm. But attempt to explore all possible options. Mm-hmm. That can help you stay centered. I hope I said that right. Yeah, I mean, listen, marriage, bringing two people together and sharing your life is not easy, right? Mm. We lost our camera here, but... <laughs> I lost our camera here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I was saying is, I mean, if you think about it, um, it, marriage is not easy. You're bringing two young people, you often young people together, and they're independent, and you have to figure out a way to live together and share life. And then at the same time, you say, let's go to medical school, one or both of you. And becoming a doctor is incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. It, it takes almost everything out of you. Mm-hmm. And so balancing that with your family uh, becomes a major task. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm incredibly grateful that, that Joyce and I hung in there with each other that we ended up having four children and that our children and our family became a part of Jericho. Like, mm-hmm. We're fortunate, but there was a moment in our, in our story where it almost slipped away mm-hmm. and I'm grateful. So I think, you know, I think for those listening, I think if you have something worth hanging on to, then you do have to take a step back and say, make sure that medicine, the journey doesn't, doesn't, make you miss what's probably most important, which is your relationship with God and your relationship with your family, the people that are going to be there for you, you know, for the rest of your life. So um, definitely for Joyce and I, it was worth 
hanging in there with each other and, and, and continuing on and figuring out a way to balance profession, mission, and, and friendship and marriage. Here at Success Clinic, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for making the date with us again today. I hope that you're having an amazing time and capturing the golden treasures contained in this episode. We know how valuable your time is and we truly appreciate it. We also want to send a shout out to those of you out there who have been engaging with us, sending us feedback on how these conversations have transformed your lives and how they have become a manual for your own journey to success. Thank you as well to all of you who have been providing commentaries and sharing the word and episodes with your friends, families, and communities. Your effort is a priceless gift to us. Your engagement makes our dreams come true by facilitating the exponential expansion of the impact that this podcast is having on our community. This way, you continue to inspire us to give our best to this cause. We're truly grateful and we look forward to even greater opportunities to serve you better. Eshe, dalu, nagode. Muchas gracias. Asante. Mercy. Thank you. Now, let's get back to the episode. Great, great, great. And that is a good way to actually um, to uh, do a little ad for an upcoming episode of this show, which will be names, moms in medical school. Mm. We will have a panel of many of them. I really wanted to bring their kids. I hope the kids mm. don't make the show a little. <laughs> Maybe we'll have we'll have them start with the kids and then mm. go have the kids go in the room, but. Uh, that is an that is a conversation that I look mm-hmm. forward to. But thank you so much, Epic Luke, for mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm. I know you sprinkled this uh throughout the conversation, but what is the most valuable thing that you sacrifice? And this is something that you painfully let go of, like sacrifice in this journey. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Some would try to argue, well, you know, you left some money on the table. Mm. Um, you've you've not made your way up the ladder in the medical profession. Mm. You've not published any papers, mm. um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I really have, as I think back, and I'm still a young man, more or less, um, on the journey so far, I, I've i been, the more you, you give, the more you receive. Mm. So I've been blessed. Mm. Uh, I don't view it as a sacrifice. Because look, I mean, I have this amazing platform in leading Jericho Road, every day I'm not bored. Mm-hmm. I'm I I I could see doing this the rest of my life. Mm. I love being a family doctor. I love delivering babies. Um, I have a you know a strong relationship with Joyce, and we have four children. We just had a grandchild. Like we're and I'm in good health. By the way, <laughs> and I'm in good health. So I don't feel it's a sacrifice. This 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 I'm privileged to have been part of this journey. Mm. So you said some sometimes money, you know, sacrificing some form of power that could some colleagues mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. consider as defining mm-hmm. who they are in their mm-hmm. profession, sacrificing some time, family time, 
sure uh sure the time you could have spent with your kids sure but you let go of those things those moments but they're coming back to you now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you said earlier the circle of life mm-hmm. you let go of some money to establish this practice but i can only imagine how much mm-hmm. Blessings is coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And I know you mm-hmm. as a very humble person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you're giving back as much of that money mm-hmm. into this. I mean, you've grown this. Derek Road has grown to five different locations mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it costs money to run this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is money that some other people could have kept in their pockets mm-hmm. to you know, buy mansions and live a luxurious life. I do believe that that there has been some of that in our lives. I mean, obviously, we get a good paycheck now from Jericho Road. We're in a better financial place than we were before. But I don't think that's really the point. Like, I think the point is that you follow Jesus. Mm. And for some of us, that may mean that our sacrifice will end up causing us to have more material goods at the end of the day. Mm. But for some folks, it may never mean that. I mean, my parents lived pretty, you know, I know a lot of people in my life who've been very meaningful to me, Mm. who've loved God and served others, and yet still, you know, never really saw a financial blessing for that. Mm. So I think, I do think what you can say, though, is that as you make choices, about how you're going to invest your life, that those choices will come back to bless you. Mm. It may not be obvious on the outside, but inside, you know why you're doing it. Mm. You know, I think the next part is, well, what what lessons have you learned? Yes. Right? And one of the lessons, I think about it, in, and I, I tell folks, I've made some choices around what I invest in. So, um, for instance, I've I've, actually chosen to invest in a life of sacrifice with regards to financial stuff because that and to to invest it in 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 the mission Mm. i've another thing that i think i've invested in is this idea of investing in relationships Mm. relationships with patients uh that have given back to me in so many different ways. You know, when you see a young person who came in to the office at say age 15 and 20 years later, you've delivered all seven of her children and you've seen her go from being a scared teenager to a mom Mm. and graduate from college and that kind of thing. And even go to medical school sometimes. Maybe go to med school, yeah. You know, when you see, when you realize the, in it gets to mentoring, right? Like you choose to, another choice I think I've made is to choose to mentor and choose to invest in students. Mm. And what we've seen as we've done that at Jericho is that now some of those students are coming back. Mm. I don't know if we'll have room for a neurosurgeon someday. <laughs> someday. If you went into family medicine, <laughs> you could come back to Jericho, right? Like, yes. So I believe that what I've learned more than anything is that invest in others, build relationships. Don't worry so much about the money Mm. and the power and the prestige because that stuff is fleeting anyhow. You know, I've had plenty of times where I've had 
you know, stories in the newspaper about me or about Jericho, and it makes you feel good for a minute, but then you still have to go to bed that night. You still have to wake up the next morning. <laughs> and go see patients the next and day. And go see patients. Like, it, it doesn't really add joy to my life. Mm. The things that add joy are the, is the meaning. It's the relationship. It's the satisfaction of knowing that you're doing the best you can. Mm. And and so that's my advice. I struggle sometimes right now, to be honest with you, as we as I talk to young doctors who are coming up and they're starting to think about what they're going to do with their lives. Mm -hmm. A lot of them talk about balance. They want balance. They want to balance, you know, the work with their family, with whatever. And I say, you're, you're asking the wrong, you're, you're thinking the wrong question. Mm. Look at what you can give. Mm. And as you give, you're going to get it back. It's not going to be getting back in the same way maybe that you think, but it's going to bring meaning. It's good. The way medicine is going. Sorry, we can get off on this. But no, absolutely. Medicine, Please, sir. Medicine is becoming so um, um, focused on a certain area. So you have OBGYNs who don't deliver babies anymore because mm. laborists deliver the babies mm. or you have intensivists you have you have hospitalists you have um what's happening is in partly because medicine is more complicated as we learn to know more things but it's also because we're trying to protect we're trying to protect our time mm. uh, we don't want to be on call too much mm -hmm. so what happens is but me i'm a family doc and i will work in the office, and then I'll go deliver a baby. I am there when my patient needs me the most. Mm. It does cost some time, but it gives meaning. So just be careful when you think about um, balance mm. in your life to not take out of the equation the importance of sacrifice, mm. because sacrifice brings meaning, and meaning brings joy. Huh. And joy is what keeps you going in life. Sacrifice brings meaning. Meaning brings, brings joy. joy. And so, joy I didn't mention happiness in, in that whole thing. <laughs> There's a lot about my life that's not always happy. You see suffering. You're mm. in the middle of helping people who are dying, who mm. are dealing with suffering. You see the injustice. You see, you know, whether it's here in Buffalo and you see how the poor are treated or you see the effects of racism and on on the longevity of our patients, or you go to Sierra Leone and you see what it's like to be in extreme poverty. Mm. There is incredible amount of suffering, but as you, not happiness, but as you are in that moment and doing what you can, that brings meaning and then that brings joy. This mm. sense of, all right, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, I would encourage if anyone's listening here that's a young doctor just starting out, not to be as concerned about the money, your time, the call schedule. Go for the place where you can give the most, and, mm. and you're going to find meaning and joy. Mm. Amen. Within reason. I mean, obviously, Amen. you just can't go throw your life into your work and not come up for breath. I'm not saying work 24-7. Mm. I'm saying invest it in ways... Don't be afraid to invest your, your, your life and make decisions around how to build relationships with people, mm -hmm. how to mentor others. Mm. Don't be afraid to sacrifice. 
those are the decisions that if you make, you will find joy. I really Amen. believe that. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much. What was the greatest mistake you made on this path that you would like to advise the upcoming generation against? I mean, I, first of all, I think it's really hard. I wish I could, like, I'm a dad. And you would love to be able to tell your children, don't do what I did. <laughs> and they'll listen and then they'll be fine. And it doesn't always work that way. But I think, I think the biggest, really the biggest mistake is to think of yourself too highly, to mm. be so confident and almost and proud and, and, and to forget that you're there because of others and you're there because of God's grace and um you know you have a lot to learn mm. and and so that that for me it's been that journey from pride to humility mm. that has has been the the biggest probably the most painful part of the journey but the most important part mm. and success always has a psychic of pride it's always the a danger right yes. yeah for sure so it's, that is a very critical lesson for everyone to learn to to take home that when we when we are striving for success it's always like you're struggling struggling we want to make it but as soon as we start hitting that breakthrough sometimes we start hitting we the test starts coming yeah and i think the the antidote to 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 that is to just push yourself to remind yourself why you've why you're successful and yes mm -hmm. some of it is because of the hard work that you've done what you've overcome mm -hmm. the grit but some of it is the people that have helped and supported and nurtured you along the way and obviously in my case it's god's faithfulness so i i even today when when jericho road gets some you know award or acknowledgement I'm always forcing, I'm, I have a strategy. I say, it's, it, it, there's so many faithful people that have been part of our journey that have helped us get to this point. Mm. This is success reflects the work of 600 people, not the work of just Joyce and I. Mm. And so you, you, you want to, I think that's how you, you deal with success. You don't make, you, you, you don't, and the other thing about success is, you have to constantly be changing and growing as a person. Mm. One of the things that I've realized tremendously is when I started as a solo doc, I, we had like three or four employees. That, the way I manage that team mm. is almost completely different than the way I manage a team today as a CEO of Jericho with 600 people. Mm. I've, had to, I've had to learn so much to to still be effective as a leader when you go from when you start to have success mm. so you you got to be careful when you get success not to say well all right i'm just going to keep doing things the same way because i was successful you have to still be willing to learn mm. you have to be willing to grow mm. you have to be willing to to do new things mm. improve you know things. you you can't be complacent mm. i can't That's lead like I led a solo practice today, I would be pushed out. I would be a dinosaur. <laughs> I have to, now I have to invest my time in training and empowering leaders. Mm. And, 
And that comes as a cost because I really would like to be interested in the day to day. Yes. But I can't do that. I have to stay focused and trust the leadership that that it reports to me to 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 focus on the day to day. So that's just one example. It's a big mind sh- mind change. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, success should first of all make you want to uh, acknowledge all the people that helped you along the way, and not mm. just take it to yourself. And success should also be a warning to you to not be complacent, to be willing to to keep growing and changing. Thank you. So thank you, sir. Now that 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 is a wonderful note on which we'll conclude this segment and then transition. I think you are you already transitioned to the next part, which is the lessons. Um and that will be the third part of this of of this conversation hopefully uh we'll merge that with the closing remarks and we will conclude our interview for today so we'll just take a 30 second break and then we'll get on to the next part sounds good